talked to the man who wrote that song a couple of years ago, David Patil on the phone. But I not only know the man who wrote the song, I know the man who the song's about. I don't just know him because I've read his word and because I know the history and his background, but I've met him personally. I've met him personally. I'm talking about Jesus. We're so grateful for him tonight. Let's, let's look at him, shall we? I hope you never get tired of looking at him, how great he is, how wonderful he is. John chapter 4, verse 16. <clears throat> Jesus says unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In thou said that, saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. That's good, being able to see that God sent a prophet. A lot of folks have said that that don't believe it no more. See, you've got to believe more than that, don't you? Now, notice how Jesus changes the direction of it in verse 23. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's bow our heads together. I mean, like to be remembered tonight before the Lord. God bless you. Remember me as well, if you would. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, as we have come once again into your presence, and we are so grateful, Lord, that we would be invited into the august courts of the Almighty God. Thank you for loving us, caring for us, making a way, Heavenly Father, that we could be your children. We just love you so much. We want to thank you for opening our eyes not only to the cross, but to the token. We want to thank you for opening up our eyes to a message in the last days, to see the need of it. We're grateful, Lord. I pray that you would help us tonight as we endeavor to once again look into your word. May you take the word and break it as it were the bread as you did to those on the way to Emmaus that day. And that we will know by the breaking of the bread that it was you among us. Father, you see the needs. Lord, there's so many that's sick and so many things that are going around. And people dealing with burdens and troubles and problems in their homes. But Lord Jesus, we just want to do what your word tells us. Casting all of our cares on you. For you care for us. Speak to us tonight, I pray, would you, Lord? In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. 
if we can for a little while tonight. May God help us to be able to leave our worries and our troubles and our frustrations, things that we are so affected by in this life. And we know every week that goes by, the world gets in a worse shape. Many of our family members do likewise. Sickness, trouble, sin, heartache. There's always so much to divert our thoughts and our minds and our hearts away from the depths of the reality of who we are in the Lord Jesus. And in truth, this is our safety zone. This is our place by which we are able to gather together and be called up in heavenly places and get somewhat of a relief and a release from all that goes on out here in the world. We have enough to deal with every day of our lives, and I'm so glad that God has given us a place in Him, but not only in Him in the mystical part, but in here in the natural part merged together with the supernatural, where we're able to get consolation, peace, and encouragement, rejoicing, praise, adoration, healing, so on and so on. Aren't you glad for that? God knows that we certainly need it in the age that we live. We'd like to, by the help of the Lord, resume where we've been for the last few weeks, and that is on the very plan of the Almighty to be able to bring His very life into the souls of His children to bring them beyond the place where they had fallen by representation in the first man, Adam. Through no choice of their own, they were thrown into this dilemma. They, by their head, were thrown by natural birth into a spot that it seemed it was totally impossible for them to ever be retrieved from. On one side was the holy, holy, righteous God. On the other side was every mortal man, woman, child that was born lost, unregenerate, seemingly no hope, no restitution, and no way back. But yet God, knowing that within Himself the plan had already been made, All it needed was the right time for the sequence of events to start happening and the cycle would turn. That's one thing I love about him. He may let it go for hundreds of years before he says much. But all it takes is one thing and it can be so shocking that it totally transforms everything. Then he'll go another hundred years or 200 years or whatever more. And then all of a sudden, one event after another, after another, after another begins to happen. And the next thing you know, things have been totally transformed. That we're going that way for millennia. And all of a sudden, it's turned exactly and going back the other direction. That's our God. Man cannot do such a thing. We know that. So God's plan was to get His Spirit his life 
back into the soul of man and bring the man into a spot to where the man's mind, the man's body, the man's soul, the man's nature, the man's makeup would be placed back where God had intended for it to be. And yet it looked as if though it were, it were impossible. Thinking that every man that was born was born in sin and marked. As soon as you see that navel where he was attached to a woman, it was a sign of a renegade. It signified that he was born and conceived in sin and he was marked as soon as he come to the world. Notice this in the Philadelphian church age. If people can't see the truths of the Godhead, but fight it, they can't ever see the rest of the truths because the revelation is Jesus Christ in his church and his works in the midst of the church for seven ages. Did you get it? How many got it? Now I'm sure you understand. Now as we looked at it Sunday and we brought him down to where his body had went to the grave, his soul had went to Hades, his spirit had went back to God. He must divide and separate himself in order that every sphere that man had feared would be conquered. So his spirit goes back into the hands of God. His body goes to the grave for our justification. His soul goes to the regions of the lost. He bears our sins now, we don't know exactly how long he was in one spot to another, but the dimensions there going down, and he moves into the first one where he unloads, as it were, our sins. Then you imagine what a great surprise the devil and all them demons must have got. Once Jesus unloaded, our sins and done exactly what he was supposed to do as the scapegoat and suffered the terrors of hell. Whenever that increment of time was met in the justice of God, if you can imagine him in your mind, all of a sudden he makes this change from being tormented in the regions of the lost to a preacher. So he changes from being a sinner and being tormented by these demons and he changes over to being a preacher and goes over to those spirits which were kept there during the time frame when the ark was preparing. And he went over and knocked on the door. Now, as I said, we don't know exactly how long this was, but we do have a pretty good time frame what time it was when he went over into paradise. And the prophet says it this way, 
Let's say it was about 4 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. So he dies about the ninth hour on Friday afternoon. So from the ninth hour, his soul goes down into Hades. So Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, during that transition time, sin bear, scapegoat, amen, alias, Holy Ghost, tormenting preacher, alias, knocking on the door of hell, taking the keys away from the devil, then knocking on the door of paradise, about four o'clock Sunday morning. Wow, he was busy, wasn't he? Praise be to God. Oh, you imagine how, how hell must have been all upset as them demons come up to him on the cross and tormented him and jeered and laughed and ridiculed and made fun of him. And then when the soul went out of his body and they were able to escort him into the regions of the lost, and there they were allowed for at least a moment. They were allowed for an element of time to terrorize as it was. Amen. Our scapegoat. But um, I can just imagine in however long it was that the justice of God was met. And he changes himself and moves over into that dimension. Amen. Where those prisoners were. And he transforms and changes himself into a preacher and he begins to tell them Enoch told you about me why didn't you believe him Noah told you about me why didn't you believe him and all of a sudden them demons go on down to the deepest part of Hades Sheol where Satan is and they say we hate to be the bearer of bad news but we're afraid we've done messed up we thought this God was like every other mortal. We went there on the cross. We escorted his soul down here to hell because you told us he was a sinner. But something's happened to him that has never happened to any other sinner that we escorted. One minute he was standing there as a sinner shuddering under the terror of the power of darkness of hell. And we batted our eyes and the next thing we know he's gone over there preaching to the souls in prison now. And now we're trying to figure out where he's at. The last time we caught wind of him, he was over there knocking on the door of paradise. And we heard Daniel let out a scream. And Ezekiel let out a holler. And Abraham started shouting all the way around the door. And Sarah started having a spell. We're afraid. We messed up devil. We're afraid that we've come. We've done started a cycle here that there's no way for us to ever be able to reverse. to the devil tonight the Lord Jesus has started the heavenly cycle of the elect of God going back to redemption all hell will never stop it all the denominations will never stop it all the unbelievers will never stop it because it is God's work not ours if Happy Valley Church is our work it will crumble if it's God's work, it can't fail. If this message is the work of William Branham, it will be annihilated like all other men's work. But if it is the work of God, which we believe it is, nobody will ever stop it. Hallelujah. 
You see, it was part of the great mystery of how he must conceal what he's going to do. Now, let's, let's go back just backwards just a little bit if you don't mind. Notice Brother Branham says about Jesus, Jesus made it so simple until the weakest Christian could do it. Look, when Jesus came on earth, he was the son of God. Don't you believe that? He was conceived in the womb of Mary and was born a virgin birth. Almighty God overshadowed Mary and created the blood cell that brought forth the son, Christ Jesus. And God tabernacled himself, Jehovah, in that body in his son. The Father dwelt in the Son being the tabernacle. Now notice then Jesus is the tabernacle that God dwelt in. How many believes that? He was the tabernacle. Again he said, when Jesus was here on earth, all the power that God was, was in him. For he was God manifested in flesh. God made human in the body of his son. Now notice his son now has the identity of being a man on the earth. But before he was ever a man on the earth, he was his logos. Now, remember that God has the ability to create a son. All us men can do as human beings is procreate. We cannot create, but we can procreate. But the only way we can do that by procreation is with a union of a woman. And when we do that, then our DNA mixes with her DNA. The chromosomes mix together. And whenever we then will procreate by the union with a woman, then if we do, the mother gives birth to a son and we bring forth a son into the earth, it is not an exact replica of the father. But it has part of the mother's DNA, part of the mother's chromosomes, the mother's makeup. It may come from a father, you know, the mother's father, the mother's uncle. So there's no way that any of us can ever make a son the way God made one. Amen. But yet people in their mind, when they think the son of God, they think about a man on the earth and his son. That's totally complete error. That is totally completely wrong. God does not make a son the way we make a son. But God created a son and he didn't need a woman's DNA or a woman's chromosomes or nothing about the woman's makeup. All he needed from the woman was just to buy an incubator. That's right. God could have used an electric one if he had wanted one, but he wanted one that had a beating heart. So therefore, God took a woman and he planted his seed inside of her, but God could have made this son now to where that he did not have a will, but God wanted it to be just and right so that the body, the sonship, if you wish to call it that, would be able to choose. By that, he would be the second Adam, and God then would elevate him because of that choice and make him both Lord and Christ. Notice he says God made human in the body of his son, Christ Jesus tabernacle here. For the Bible said God was in Christ. The father was in his son representing his love to the people here on earth. Now this is part of the mystery and this is why Satan wants to confuse people on the Godhead. To make them think well there's two or there might be three or who knows there might even be more than that. And every time he adds a God it is to weaken the power of the Godhead. 
That's right. Notice again, he said this, they were living in where they're trying to make Jesus just a prophet. He was a good man, a teacher, philosopher, prophet. I believe he was God absolutely he was deity almighty god in veil and flesh born in a virgin birth he and his cell then god came down and tabernacled in him and made him emmanuel so then god could get inside the tent it was god getting inside of his own tent and living inside that tent so inside the tent he could start feeling your pain your anxiety your trouble And then when it got ready for the tent to die, the father, the invisible, could slip out of the tent and leave the second Adam to do the remaining portion of the suffering because it was not God's little boy. It was God's own creation of himself, which he could allow to die. But he could not allow the attribute of the fullness of the Godhead bodily to ever die. But God could father a son, which was his own body. Amen. His own creation without a woman's DNA and allow that part of himself to take the penalty of his own law. Not another person. Not a second person. His own creation. Amen. Now notice this. You want this, brethren. Many of you get off the wrong track when you try to thank God is one like your finger is one. He can't be his own father. He can't be. But he is God. But God is Jehovah the Spirit. Christ was the house that he dwelt in. He then, he sacrificed his life, and when he did, he gave up the spirit, and through this unadulterated blood that he shed, he sanctified me, that he might come himself and dwell in me and in you. So what did God do? I love the way he expresses this one in 1963. He was God manifested in a flesh of his creative son. See, now that's God God created the Son. Now it's not God the Son that is going to die, but the Son of God. There is no such a thing as an eternal God the Son. He was not flesh in heaven. Praise the Lord. It wasn't an old man talking to a younger man saying, hey boy, you want to go down there? Well, Papa, if you want me to, I will. I really don't think I can, but if you want me to, is there anybody else up here that can do it? Nope. We've done a little work. You're the only one left. If you don't do it, they're all lost. Well, I really don't want to, but if need be, I'll do it. There was no such thing went on. This was an attribute out of the eternal, which was the Logos, and that Logos became flesh. It was not flesh and then became human flesh. It was the word and became flesh. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Notice this again, the same sermon. Very next, jump on down to paragraph 48. Now, Jesus being man physically was tired, weary. Now, laying there, tired virtue had gone from him. And then him being God... He could only do what? Now you say, how could he be God and be man? See, there is the mystery. In body, he was man. In spirit, 
Genesis, but he was not the incarnation of the second person of the Godhead, but the incarnation or the fullness of the Godhead. He was the Word made flesh when he was born. But the Father incarnated at the river and he became Emmanuel. So he looked like a man. I heard Brother Ram say, today he said the devil never did believe that he was really the Son of God. He could never figure it out. He said, that can't be God. He said, God would not allow them to spit in his face. God would not allow them. He said, sons of God will put up with anything. So he's looking at it on the Old Testament. This is the display of the heart of God in a human being. And Satan did not know that part of God. You're blessed in that if you do. Amen. He looked right at him and said, that can't be God. That can't be God. Aren't you glad you can look at the very same thing and say, that has to be God. That has to be God. Oh, I know we've read this one here as we've been dealing with this, but it is so powerful and I love it. 1959, I know some of y'all can't handle anything prior to the seals in 1963, which is why you missed the Holy Ghost series in 1959 and adoption in 1960. But Jesus was completely, totally man. He could cry like a man. He could eat like a man. He could become like a man. He was completely totally man in the physical being and in his spirit he was completely totally God so he made his flesh submissive to the spirit that was in him don't you see what he's doing he's the first one of the new race who will make their flesh subject to the Holy Ghost living in them Here's the head of the new race, the first one that the Holy Ghost won't be like the prophets. It'll move on them and move off, move on them, move off. But once it come on him, oh, it's going to stay right there. So what's he going to do? He's still battling with the flesh. Why did he become flesh? For the sake of his brothers. Uh, I don't want to let that slip. Now. What's it? Now he wants to bring, makes his flesh submissive to the spirit that was in him. You see, he was tempted in all manners, like we are. He was man, not angel. Amen. Amen. He was a man, he had desires and temptations just like we do. And the Bible said, oh my, he did. He was a man, not an angel, a bad temptation. Hebrews 1 said that he was, Hebrews 1, 4, he was made lower than an angel. He was man, completely man, that God took a complete man to bring total deliverance. He filled him with his spirit and the Holy Ghost was in him without measure. Amen. Now you got a portion, you got a portion, you got a portion. All of you that has him tonight, I have a portion, but he had it without measure. He was the ocean full. I've got a teaspoon, you've got a teaspoon, maybe you've got a teacup, but he was the whole entire ocean. Glory. He was completely God. 
He proved it when he raised the dead. When he sought nature, the roaring seas and the mighty winds, when he spoke to the trees and so forth, they obeyed him. Ah. He was God inside. Uh, Okay, now. God inside. So if this is the head of the new race, I wonder what the new race will be. God on the inside. He could have been man, for he was man, but he totally and completely delivered himself as a man into the hands of God for the service of God. He is our example. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, to it that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us, part of the family, the word of reconciliation. Now Jesus was a different sort of a fellow. Part of the time, if you'd have been sitting around hearing him talk. Now, they, they didn't write, of course, every word that he said. They did not. We don't even have any, any words at all. When he was at home, how he related to Joseph, Mary, his half-brothers, and half-sisters. No doubt, as a boy, Jesus would have said things like other boys, like teenagers, Notice this. But the said the reason sometimes people couldn't understand him, sometimes it was Christ speaking or was the Son. Other times it was the Father Amen. speaking. He was a dual person. Amen. He was one man, the Son, and God was in him, which was tabernacling in him. Again, he says, Jesus was born for one purpose, and that was for God to manifest himself through that body. Oh, my. God was in Christ, reconciling the world himself. He was a body that was made physical, that men and women could see what he thought and his expressions to people and his gratefulness and his attitude toward all mankind. He expressed it through Christ and Christ seemed to be a dual personality. He would speak sometimes and that scratched their heads and they didn't understand him. He'd speak one thing one time look like and something else another time. Well, it was Jesus speaking and then Christ speaking. Jesus was the man and Christ was the God that was in him. So Jesus was the man, the boy, the body, the tent, the tabernacle. And God was in him. Well, you say, for example, Brother Donnie, what do you mean? Well, in the garden, the boy, the man, the human, the tent, the tabernacle said, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. That was not Christ saying that. 
your Christ don't say, well, I might as well quit. Ain't no need for me to go back to church. They don't need me. They don't even miss me when I'm not there. I'm not loved. I'm not appreciated. But the Father in you will say, if there ain't but two there tonight, why don't you be one of them? If the preacher don't shake your hand for six more months and six more years on top of it, why don't you go on back and just show the world where you're identified? Now, it'll be the same way if we will allow the Father to speak out of us. And it can bring a lot of confusion to your wife, your children, and mainly to yourself. Because sometimes it's you and sometimes it's daddy. Notice, let us see God. He says, he was more than that. God was in him. He was a man. But he was a dual person. One, he was a man. The spirit in him was God. Oh, my goodness. The original bipolar person. Now, he was not from the North Pole, but farther north than the North Pole. So much God that he could create. Yet so much man he could cry. So much man he could weep. He could be on the cross and be so afraid to die. Yet so much God he spoke his own resurrection. Destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Jesus is the man we know could not raise his own body. He said I don't do these things. Who was that talking? It was the father. Well I hope you understand tonight the same Holy Ghost that will raise you up. is the same Holy Ghost in you tonight. And you'll call your own body from the dust of the earth one of these days. Oh, glory. Notice Jesus at the right hand of the, and the end of his ministry, at the end of his ministry, rather, his disciples couldn't understand him. No one understood him. How many, they, they couldn't understand him. Why? They thought he had a dual personality. They probably wanted to take Jesus to the doctor. They might have talked to each other if they'd had the, you know, the diagnosis then of, a, of bipolar and, and split personality. He said, I, be, I believe he's sick. Don't you, the closer he's getting to the end of the way, the more weird he's becoming. He's really, really different. I mean, he says one thing one time, and then he says something else. I mean, are we sure we can follow a man like this? You might have to have the dual personality yourself to be able to understand it, but this is why folks don't understand, friends. They're not split right. <laughs> Aren't you glad you're split right? Oh my, they thought he had a dual personality. Now sometime, it was Jesus talking. And sometime, it was the Father in him talking. But the Father used Jesus' voice. I've had him to use mine. And then I use it, I take it away from him, and I use it and say all kinds of old foolish, stupid stuff, you know. Oh, I ain't preaching that no more. Every time I preach this, it gets me in trouble. I ain't doing this, I ain't doing that. And then the father says, shut up, let me have your voice. Get up there behind that pulpit and preach the word, son. That's what you're called to do. And I'll sit back there and talk to myself. You better not read that quote. You better not do it. I'll use my voice, I'll do it. And the father said, what you doing talking to yourself again, boy? You shut up right now, study right there so when you get up, I can feel your mouth of my words. <laughs> Notice Acts 2, 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know it surely that God 
Now, if Jesus coexisted eternally with the Father as the second person of the Godhead, how could one member of the Godhead make another member of the Godhead anything? If they were co-eternal, co-existent, they split the power three ways. <laughs> and they all was, you know, have the same attributes and this all how in the world could God ever make another member of the eternal Godhead anything? But since this was not eternal, it was only 33 years old when he died. Then God could take this special creation and transform it in the tomb and put eternal life in it and raise it up and place it in heaven hallelujah and that'll be the very body that we'll worship through eternity why because God the invisible the father made this this both Lord and Christ Lord Jesus Christ That's the reason his disciples couldn't understand. They'd say, you speaking riddles. It was sometimes Jesus speaking and sometimes the Father speaking. Now watch how the Godhead comes down from paragraph 20 to paragraph 21. That's the way it is with you. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, a man that's filled with the Holy Spirit says things that he hardly knows sometimes what it is he's saying. If it's truly carried away in the spirit, how about you people with the gifts of tongues? What other inspiration? If it's English and it's in an unknown tongue, it's still inspiration and you speak it. I've had many times where I'd be so inspired by the spirit, I'd say things and write things down. I didn't even know what I did. You have too, no doubt. That's the works of the spirit. Wow, the father says it part of the time. And part of the time, it's us. How many of you brothers have been out deer hunting or turkey hunting or elk hunting and a storm coming up your way and you're going to speak to that storm? I just hope you brought your umbrella. But if a father ever lets you speak to that storm, you won't need no umbrella. Oh my, I heard a testimony today of a man that visited the Brandon Tabernacle years ago. At the time when he made a visit, he was not even a message believer. But the servant communion. The man went up to the communion line and he got right up there before the table. That was Brother Neville on one side and Brother Branham on the other. They run out of wine. And the cups were empty. Brother Neville, now this is the man's testimony. The man heard Brother Neville say to Brother Branham, Brother Branham, we're out of wine. Glory to God. Y'all done stole my thunder. You know exactly where I'm going, don't you? <laughs> Brother Ram said, Brother Neville, let's pray. This man did not understand really that much about prayer and all that. He stood there by the chair with his eyes wide open. And he watched as them little cups, as Brother Branham and Brother Neville prayed. And he watched them little cups fill up with wine plumb to the top. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. People, people said, oh, oh God, oh, mama, what, what if the press comes against the bride? What if it does? What if it does? Oh, what if, they, what if we ain't got no gas? If need be, we can pour water in our gas tank and pray over it and God can turn it to gas. If you ain't got no food, set your plate out and the same Lord God can create food. Amen. 
speak his word for us. Oh, glory to God. Notice this. Just a little change in the words. He says, when God himself became one of us, he changed his, his what he was. He changed his tent. He come down, condescending for glory, became man. Therefore, born without sex, he created himself a body that he lived in himself. Emmanuel, God, represented with us. So what did he do? He changed his tent. So what was the tent? The Lord Jesus. The God in the body cannot become sin. But the tent can. Glory be to God. Notice in paradox, the virgin birth was a paradox. A virgin conceived, bring forth a child. God made flesh. God changed his strand from spirit to become man. Oh my, he changed his tent. His dwelling place and tabernacle. Children, if he could do that, why would you find it hard to believe then? He could move out of the tent called the Lord Jesus and move into another tent called Peter, another tent called Mary, another tent called Paul, another tent called Joe, another tent called you. Oh my, see, this is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell. God and man becoming one, uniting together for redemption, how that God that covered all space and time could come down and bottle himself into a man. So God bottled himself into the bottle called Christ Jesus. And he made a way by soul going to hell, his body going to the grave, his spirit going to God, that I could get a drink out of the bottle. Then guess what? By drinking out of the original encasement of deity, I would be a shareholder of that new life. Now, am I that bottle? I am not, but I am a bottle. Praise be to God. Do I have my human weakness? I do, but I still got deity on the inside if I've got the Holy Ghost. Oh, my bottling self into a man so he could taste death for all the human race. Notice this in St. John 14, 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, unto you, I speak not of myself. It's not the tent. It's the God in the tent. But the Father that dwelleth in me he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the very works sake. So here is God's tent. Satan watches him now, looks at him, studies him. No doubt more than any man he'd ever studied in that short period of time. Watching for a mistake. The scribes studied him, but Satan was looking more on the divine side. He had enough preachers and all that to watch for the mistakes. So Satan studying and hearing every word that comes out of his mouth. How does he pray? You, 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 you demons ever heard him? Does he ever talk to himself? Does he ever ask himself for anything? 
divine being. Pray to another divine being of equal power. But you're sure you've heard him pray? We've heard him over and over again. He loves to pray. He loves to get in the mountains and he gets by himself and he prays. So he prays. Amazing. Prayer is amazing, devil. And yet he prays similar words to others? Yes. Wow. So what did he say? Just the other day, St. John 11. He stood right there at the tomb of Lazarus. And he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me always. I say this not for my sake, but for those that are standing near. And expect to him which was dead and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Satan, I was there as an eyewitness. It was like it shook. And I thought, oh my God. Hold him. Hold him. And I went in with me and Dad grabbed a hold of Lazarus and we was holding with everything we could. The rocks were shaking. Everything was shaking. And here come Lazarus. man he prayed but I hate to say it but almost like I just can't already say it it's almost like God oh, no, I didn't say that I, no, no I couldn't could it I don't think so I seen him up there the other day. When I raised that widow from Nain's son, come over, he's all stressed out. He hadn't eaten very much. Eat very little breakfast that day. It was about lunchtime. I figured his glucose would be really low. So I hit him with a headache. Bad, bad headache. It was so bad, Satan, I'm telling you. It was so bad, it put him nearly on his knees. Oh, well. Couldn't be God, could it? It was the big who council down in hell. The big who council was, who is this? Imagine Brother Terry for three and a half years, he tore them all to pieces. Is he or ain't he? Is he or ain't he? Is he or ain't he? They never did know. Till the knock come on the door. <laughs> Notice the prophet said when he died on that day of his death. They took him down there off the cross and they put him in the grave. They laid him there from Friday afternoon until Sunday morning. On that wonderful Easter morning when he rose again and his soul was loosened from the prisons of hell down yonder where he went as a sinner for you and I bearing away our sins 
to give us perfect assurance. No reason to doubt anymore. Give a perfect assurance. Because he did that, his soul was cast into hell. Because he was a castaway. Would you ever invite this man knowing who he is to your house if he was the devil? No, he's going to show up at your door and demand the keys and you're terrified to say no. Would you ever take him to your house, into your regions where you live? So he hides behind a tent. He was the scapegoat of the Old Testament. They put the sins of the people upon the scapegoat and turned him out into the wilderness to die. Jesus was that scapegoat who had the sins of the people upon him and was cast away and went into hell to suffer the tortures. Imagine when he goes there for however long it is that these demons are able to come. Maybe it was similar to Brother Darrell the way it was in Brother Branham. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And for a while, however long it was, the soul of the Lord Jesus suffered torture of demons. Lord God. So notice his body goes in the grave. His body went into the grave to pay the price for our resurrection. So he divides himself. <laughs> he divides himself and allows his body to go to the grave. Why he's going to be raised for your body change. Praise be to God. Aren't you glad he didn't just go to hell? Aren't you glad that his soul didn't just go to hell, but his body went to the grave? While he's there not saying a word in total silence, his body is paying the price for your resurrection. His body went into the grave to pay the price for our resurrection. His soul is down in Hades. Praise God. Then on that Easter morning when he come back up from the grave where pains of death and hell could not hold him. When he rose again on Easter morning, not only did he rise, but so come Job, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac. Well, I love the way Paul writes this in Romans 5.10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. God could not have died. But this special creation called sonship can die. Here's the secret, friends. Right here. Paragraph 95. Who is this Melchizedek. 
Now the true revelation of Melchizedek comes into view. What? Question. He was God the Word before he became flesh. He was not a flesh man before he became flesh man. He was God the Word. God had no permanent body. Well, I'm going to go ahead and bring it on down. So what do you reckon you was before you became flesh man? I told you years ago and some of you looked at me bug-eyed and probably some of you talked about me when the church service was over. But I told you years ago, one day, you're going to realize you're not that far. You're not that far from what he was. Your destiny, your past, your journey, your origination, your position. Lord, I feel like talking in tongues. Hallelujah. He was God the Word. Before he became flesh, God the Word. He had to be. No one else could be immortal like him. Now hang with me now. Buckle up. Put on your shoulder straps. Your helmet and your teeth sing. You ready? Tell me you're ready. All right. I had father and mother. You did too. Jesus had father and mother. But this man had no father or no mother. Jesus had a time he started. Jesus did. But the Logos which lived in Jesus didn't. Oh. oh, glory to God. Don't you see? The Word was made flesh in the man called Jesus. But the Son of God was the Logos which pre-existed in the realm of eternity and came into a human body called the Son of God. Jesus had Father, Almighty God, and Mother. Come on now, folks. Don't get quiet. Don't get all scared. But this man had no father or had no mother. Jesus had a time he started. (laughs) What did the angel tell her? Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He was not called that in the invisible. Jesus had a day it started. The name started on a day. Jesus come out of Mary's womb and Jesus took the breath of life. This man never started breathing because he's eternal. (laughs) Was that clicks I heard on the internet? People shutting down. (laughs) Vimeo just blowed up. YouTube just blowed a valve. Oh my, here we go. Jesus had a time he started. This man didn't. Jesus Gave his life. This man couldn't. Because he was life. And then listen to these words. It's the self same man all the time. 
Oh, God reveals it to you. The self-same person all the time. So this that comes from the presence of God, the Son of God, what was the Son of God? The Logos. The Logos, the Sonship of God that came out of heaven was not a human body. It was the Logos. And it come into the man called Jesus. Jesus had a day started. He had a day he died. <laughs> but the Son of God, no. You had a day you started. You'll have a day, no doubt you'll die. But the real you never started and never will die. I hope God reveals it to you. It's the self-same person all the time. Notice his title, King of Righteousness. Now, Hebrews 7, 2, King of Righteousness, King of Peace, he is two kings. Now, watch Hebrews 7, 2. Oh, my, King of Righteousness, also the King of Peace. He's two kings there, but now since, glory to God, he has come in the flesh and received his body up, Revelation 21, 16. He is called the king of kings. He's all three of them together, see. King God. King Theophany. King Jesus. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Soul, Spirit, and Body. It's the same person all along. It was God projecting that part of himself which could allow himself to be crowned king. But he couldn't be crowned king by his bride until he was crowned by the Romans first. So he had to extend a part of himself which would live in time and die. And he can't die. So he said, I'll make myself a special creation. And I'll give it a a special name. And I'll start it on a certain day. And I'll let it die on a certain day. And I'll raise it up on a certain day. And I'll never let it die again. (laughs) Anybody see which door the devil went out? A pole feller? He's probably over there right now. His blood pressure is 385 over 197. His tongue hanging out of his mouth saying, Lord, have mercy. Hush, Donnie. I ain't hushing, devil. I ain't hushing, devil. We're going to keep right on going till we see who we are. And we're going to walk right out of this world one of these days. Yes, sir, Did you see? He had to come in flesh in order to gain the third title. King of kings. (laughs) King God. King Theophany. King Jesus. He is the king of kings. It's all met. Just like soul, body, and spirit. There's the true trinity. 
Also, he is the Father, which was the first, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, King of righteousness, the Spirit attribute. Theophany, King of peace, and in flesh, King of kings. Amen. Notice three kings, King of righteousness, Spirit attribute that's him all alone by himself he's king alone by himself spirit attribute Lord have mercy then he's theophany which is king of peace no wonder when you recognize the very word of God was eagle food and you left the other thing you heard from your theophany but people find all the mistakes they claim they want to find all through the message. Oh, we don't need the prophet no more. We don't know. I've, I've got my doubts. Oh, my. I'm just not sure if I can follow this message no more. And yet you as a believer, you sat there and said, well, those things I don't understand either. But I never had so much peace in all my life. You know why? You heard from your family part of God, your theophany. That's why people can't talk out of it. People didn't talk into it. Theophany, king of peace. And in flesh, he was king of kings. Same person. So what was set on the throne in the millennium? King of kings. What was set on the throne in the eighth day? And the father will hang over him. King of kings. Can we go a little farther? Hebrews 2.14. From this point on, I am not responsible for my actions. Nor my language. Just in case I start speaking in a tongue that you don't understand. For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Can this be true? Can the author of this book have true inspiration by saying we were sons before his incarnation? For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. You see the order? You was going to have to be flesh. And because you were, he was going to be. For this is what your Bible says. He took part of the same. May God help you to see it. He followed you because you followed Adam. And he had to follow you and go to the lowest pits and then start the ascension so you could follow him back out. Then he would gain the title, not King God, but King Jesus, King of Kings, over the flesh. Praise God. Praise God. 
you understand what a kingdom it is? When deity brings human bodies in subjection, theophanies have never known rebellion. The attribute side of God has never known rebellion. The dominion he must have is the dominion of king of kings. For that is not theophany. That is not attribute. That is flesh. And he says, I must conquer flesh. And if my children, think of it, you wasn't even born. But in the regular book of life, it was your successive order to be born in flesh. So he says, I see Donnie's going to have to be a man. If Donnie's going to have to be one, I will be. If Jim's going to have to be a man, he come from the Lamb's book of life. Here's one of the attributes. I spoke his name there when the blood was slain, when the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. I called his original word name, but I see in that successive order, my children's got to be flesh. Well, if they are, I will. And I will actually go down and I will dominate. I will conquer flesh. And I will be crowned in the third title of my crown. King of kings. And I will call my kings out of flesh as well. I won't be the only one that will conquer flesh. But my brothers will too. I hope you don't think I'm crazy children. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death. <laughs> Let me just read this death warrant, okay? That through death he might destroy him. Him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So, boy, you're doomed. All the seed of God were identified as being partakers of flesh. So the senses, they are frail mortal men. If they are frail mortal men, I must become a frail mortal man in order to bring my brothers back. And I won't just go down there and just get them and bring them out, but I'll conquer while I'm there. And I'll leave them a deposit of my conquering power. And every one of them will be able to conquer through my life. Notice in verse 15, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Lord, children, let me see if I can find a place to go. Listen to this, verse 17. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him. Glory Glory to God to be made like unto his brother. 
You mean we were brothers? We were brothers before the incarnation? We were brothers while he was incarnated? And we're definitely brothers after his ascension. So he said, my brothers, my brothers, their names are here in my diary. My brothers. Satan said, can I have that book? Keep your hands off that book. It's my diary. Seal with seven seals. Can I look inside that book? You keep your filthy hands off that book. It's a mystery of redemption. That's why we need this message. To help us find our name. So he said, I see the regular line. The regular line is Adam stepped out of that. So I throw all my brothers in this regular line that they'll all have to be flesh. Well, if all my brothers is going to be, then I'm going to be. I'm going to be made like my brothers. Amen. Lord Jesus, are you sure? Are you sure, Jesus? We're going to feel the desire, some of us, to drink. Some of us, Lord Jesus, are going to feel the desire, the human desire, to commit fornication. Are you sure, Jesus, you want that? I must be made like my brothers. So my brothers can be made like me. Let's stay. Praise God. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. And things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So it was for your sake that he became a human being and took on human nature. Praise God. And by redeeming you and all the rest of the brothers, Father raised him up and made him both Lord and Christ and raised that body to sit on his own throne and we will crown him king of kings. Let me just give you a little glimpse over into the next time we preach and I'm not sure if we'll go that way this weekend or wait till Wednesday but when he raises from the dead Mary Magdalene comes Supposing him to be the gardener. And she said, sir, I don't know where my Lord has gone. If you have borne him hence, tell me. And I'll move him. 
Now that was something, wasn't it? A little bitty old small woman going to move the body of a, of a man that's dead by herself. So she turns away and Jesus calls her name. Mary. And when she turns back, she says, Rabboni, which is interpreted master. Now her first human reaction is to grab him. He said, ah! Touch me not. But go tell my brothers. Isn't that amazing? He called them friends, 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 friends. But after he gets up, he calls them brothers. Don't touch me, Mary. I've got some high priest work yet to do. We'll get into that later. I've got to ascend up into heaven. But go tell my brothers that I'm going to ascend to my father and your father. My God and your God. Look what his resurrection brother Daryl has done. It has elevated his brethren out of the land of bondage. To the same place that he stands. My brothers, go tell my brothers, I'm ascending to my father and your father. The same father that created me and gave me existence and mortality. He's your father. My God, the same one that brought me here to fulfill his divine purpose. He is also your God. Praise God. I hope you don't misunderstand me. I've been privileged. Every God called man has. In my life. To be able to get a similar message from Jesus. To go tell his brothers. That he loves them. Go tell his brothers that you will crown him one day king of kings. You once were dogs. You once were lost. But you are brothers. He is your father and your God. What an honor, Brother Darrell, Brother Terry, you minister brothers, to go tell the people, hallelujah, who our family is. Don't you love him? Praise be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Philo writing during the time of Paul quoted the Logos, quoted and said that the Logos was made a tent and God indwelt the tent. The term Logos was used by Heraticus, a Greek theologian. It was not, a, not a, a religious theologian, but more of a philosopher. And a man who studied linguistics and the language. He's the one who actually coined the term, the first one they have historical record to. 
Logos. John doesn't begin in the manger. He doesn't begin with the genealogy of Joseph or Mary. But John says, in the beginning was the Word. And John uses this term, which this smart, educated man coined, Logos. In the beginning was the concept, which is what the word Logos. So it's the concept or the mandate of God. So it was not a human body, but it was the mandate of God, the concept of God. So the word, he says in verse 14, and the concept of God or the mandate of God was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And this same Jesus God raised up that human body out of the tomb and raised it to what the Bible calls his right hand, which was the symbol of his power. And from that point on, God has had a human body living in heaven for the last 2,000 years. And it will be the same one if we could count 300 billion, trillion, quadrillion years. The very same body. King of kings. King theophany, king attribute will hang over him in the eighth day. And we will come up, bow down before and worship and touch king of kings. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Sing something for us, hey. Can we just worship a little before we go? Everybody's getting in the spirit of Christmas. They're putting up their lights and their little bells and their little Rudolph and their little Santa Claus and all that sort of thing. And ho, 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 they say. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. I wish somebody would tell me what that means. I mean, you know, people get so nice. Brother Ram said, I wish they'd say Christmas all, all the time because people get so nice. Well, the Holy Ghost feels so uh, saints should be able to have that all the time. Not the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of Christ. Christ. There's only one Christmas present. The true and original one. I've unwrapped it here tonight. I hope you saw it. It was not under an evergreen tree or one that you'd buy at Hobby Lobby or Lowe's. It was hanging on a tree shaped like this. Hallelujah given his life. Oh, it was not a great day. People around him singing hallelujahs, but throwing things in his face and accusations, calling him all sorts of names. But his brothers were flesh. He said, it's becoming to me to become a human. It's becoming of me to be tempted by women. My brothers will be I want to help them. My brothers will be tempted by pride. It's becoming of me to be like my brothers. Father couldn't do that. But Jesus could. But Father could feel it in him. Praise God. 
So now Father in you, when you're tempted, can release power to help you to overcome. The thing is, do you want to overcome? Amen. God bless you. Praise be to God. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Yes, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Oh, I do, Lord Jesus. I want to see you. I want to see you, Lord. How many wants to see you more clear? Open the eyes of my heart.
worship you oh mighty God Love you, Lord. I worship you. Bless your name, Father God. Hallelujah. Oh, Prince of, Prince of Peace. Thank you, my Lord. That is what I before we go, can we? I worship you Almighty God Thank God There is none like you Can't you see what we're going to be worshiping that day, friends? King Jesus. Our Trinity will be united in us. Our seed, our theophany, our glorified body. The Trinity of God revealed on the throne of God, not three thrones. And what will we be worshiping through eternity? Hallelujah. We will cast our crowns down, not at the feet of King Theophany, not at the king, the throne, the feet of King Attribute. That's invisible. But King Jesus, praise God, praise God. No wonder the scripture said, let all the angels of God worship him. If the angels are commanded to worship him, what about you and I? Oh, praise God. You better get used to worship. I'll tell you that right now. Because if you go to heaven, you're going to be doing a lot of it. Well, I get tired of it. Well, you ain't going to get tired of it there. I can tell you that right now. Let's just sing this before we go. That is what I long to do. I want to give you praise for you. My righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you. I worship you. Oh.
Father, once again we want to bow our heads in thanksgiving. We appreciate your word tonight. I trust, Lord, they've received at least a little bit of enlightenment, a little clearer understanding to help us to love you better, to be better subjects of your kingdom so we can be able to serve you more effectively. That's our desire. We know we must do things in the life. Some of these people are in business and they do various different things for a living. But we know our real purpose is you and the kingdom thereafter. If they work 30, 40 years, whatever it is, and they're old enough, they'll finally enter into retirement and retire from the work here. But actually, our purpose for eternity never ceases. It just unfolds from time into the eternal day. We won't be working on air conditioning there or be repairing a car. Or there won't be nobody working in medical care because nobody's going to be sick. There won't be no repainting of houses or rebuilding down something that tore up. Nothing will ever tear up. So our employment there, if we can call it that, will be eternally in the ages. Glory to God. As you are constantly unfolding the greatness of your being and we are worshiping and adoring and praising and carrying out your kingdom through the ceaseless ages. May there not be a one of us missing that day, Lord. May you go with them. Now, Father, bring us back at the appointed time. We love you with all of our hearts, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And the saint said, Amen. God bless you. Turn around and smile, somebody. Don't shake their hand. Just keep your germs to yourself. But turn and smile. I'm telling them it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. God bless you. Remember those that are sick, be careful yourself. Go in the fear of God. See you, Lord willing, Saturday night. God bless you. How great is I, God? Sing with me. How great is our God? Oh, see how great.
Sing with me 